SEN. Sydney weather. Mostly sunny mornings, patchy fog in the outer west early this morning. Light winds becoming south to southeasterly in the middle of the day. We're heading for top temperatures of 27 in the city, 30 in the west. Looking further ahead, partly cloudy tomorrow with a possible early shower and a shower or two on Tuesday and Wednesday. At the moment in the city it's 19, Bankstown 17, Penrith 18, Richmond 17. That's the latest 2SM News. I'm Reese Sullivan. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network, let's get back to high tide. And if you've just joined us, welcome along to your Sunday. If you're thinking of heading out today, Sydney Harbour, Pitwater and Botany Bay looks this way. Variable about 10 knots, tending south to southeasterly, 10 to 15 knots in the morning, then tending east to southeasterly in the afternoon. Seas below 0.5 of a metre. For offshore, variable 10 knots becoming south to southeasterly, 10 to 15 knots in the morning, then tending east to southeasterly in the afternoon. Seas around 1 metre. The swell will be southerly, 1 metre to 1.5 in the middle of the day. Partly cloudy and the 50% chance of a rain. There you go, Peter. Say, did I stumble over any of my words? Beautiful job. Now, Grant, is the sun (laughs) rising at Clareville yet? It is. And actually, earlier I was saying that there was not a cloud in the sky. There is some light, wispy stuff around. Still absolutely no wind, so they've nailed the forecast. It is a glorious morning. It is a really beautiful morning. And if you're not out on the water... You need your head red. Get your boat out. Get it down onto the ramp. Even if you're shore-based, get along a shore somewhere. It's absolutely magnificent morning this morning. Now, if you need to get some advice or some fishing gear, the Complete Angler at 938 Woodville Road at Villawood. And we've got Mike online. Morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we all? We're good. Did you get out for Australia Day on the water? I did. I did. I've been out a lot lately. Actually, it's been really good. I feel very, I feel very sun-kissed at the moment. So, um, but yeah, typical long weekends. Yeah, we had kind of like four seasons in in the weekend, which is great. So, but yeah, fishing's been so good. It's actually, um, it's actually interesting actually because there's just so many options at the moment. It's actually hard to plan the day what you should do because you've got so many good options. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot happening. Probably the, the, there's so many big ones, but probably the biggest one has been the offshore scene, um, cause that's really switched into gear. Um, there's a lot of black marlin that have moved in. That, that current has been fantastic. But it's really interesting this year. We're getting these little surges, it feels like. We're not getting probably the consistency, but we're getting these, like, kind of eddies which are pushing all these fishing close and uh, all of a sudden we've got three or four days of just insane fishing um, and it's been really interesting it's been the other great thing is too it's been in close as well too you don't have to travel as far um, a lot of these black marlin and striped marlin in particular have all been inside that shelf line or even in closer I had a, a, actually a friend send me a, an image of um, a black marlin just inside Botany Bay on the weekend so you just never know where they're going to show up at the moment. Um, so it's really good for the small boat angler. You don't need to have, you know, the big boat and travel out wide. You can actually do quite a lot in close, particularly with the live baiting as well too. Um, so it's been really interesting. It's been really good, really consistent. Um, lures have been interesting too. It hasn't been a bit of a trend, kind of smaller lures, kind of a nine-inch size of lures seems to be doing the best if you're going to be trolling around. And, of course, if you're going to fish in close, the live baits have been very successful as well too. There's, it's been very easy to get slimy mackerel. Uh, they've been everywhere on the reefs, and you'll be surprised how many fish are in close this year. Um, it's been it's been really really good. 
Um, the other stuff too that's been great too is, is the uh, dolphin fishing has really improved as well. So again, we've had these kind of, it's been, it's been picking up, swelling down, but it, it's been very consistent in the last week. Um, a lot of good fish in that 75 centimetre size has been pretty consistent, but some absolute honkers getting around. Some of the fish have been like a metre. Um, that have been getting around as well too, mixed up amongst them as well. So you look, you just never know. Um, and there's been quite a lot of floating debris coming down as well too. So if you come across anything, it can be like a, a palm tree, you know, or anything coming through. Um, it's always worth a, a bit of a chance to chuck a lure around or do a bit of a troll around as well too. You'll be surprised what's been coming down from up north. Um, the other stuff that's been really good too is the reef fishing and it's just been on fire as well. There's just so much bait on all the reefs this year. Um, you're all through winter and I just think everything's just in good nick. Trag are just everywhere at the moment. Like you just, every reef seems to have just schools of trag, um, which is really good. And they're quite small. They're only a small fish, but very aggressive and, and they actually fight really hard for a small fish. Um, but they're in that 40 to 45 centimetre size, most of them. They're, they're quite a small type of fish, but you know, very tasty. Um, still plenty of snapper around also and, and flattered have been very consistent as well too on the edges. Um, and same as the kings as well. There's been lots of still nice kings getting caught up 12 mile mugs. Um, again, live baiters have been doing the best, but all of them kind of reefs have been worth a shot for a king as well too. Um, the rocks has been exceptional. Um, like the Benito has just been everywhere. I haven't really heard of any rock ledge that hasn't been firing off Sydney. Um, it's been a really good run this year. I, again, big fish as well too. Most of them have been them two kilo size Benito, so they're quite a healthy size fish and they're just so much fun to catch. There's also been striped tuna mixed up amongst them as well too. There's plenty of little kings as well. Um, but as I said before, literally every rock ledge that I've been speaking anglers about from all the way up north from Barrenjoey, Whale, Maroubra, you name it, all down to uh, Wollongong Hill 60 and Port Kembla and all that, all them rock ledges have been fishing so well for them. So it's, it's a really good option for the shore-based guys at the moment. Um, and some of the beaches too. The beaches actually have been too bad. It's just been really busy. Um, you know, so most of the guys that have been doing well have been fishing into the night, like that late evening when everyone's kind of left. Um, but they're doing really well on whiting in particular. There's a lot of whiting along the Sydney beaches, particularly the northern beaches. Been getting plenty of reports up around that area as well. Um, and, but I think the beaches should probably quiet down when everyone gets back to kind of norm, normality and back to school next week as well. So there might be some other stuff as well happening. Um, the other big mover as well has been Botany Bay. Botany Bay's been great. It's been exceptional for the dewfish in particular. We've been having a bit of rain, and in particular the Georges, it's quite dirty. Um, so it's pushed a lot of the fish out from the Georges this year, and it seems to be that main body has just been on fire. Um, and there's been some really big fish getting caught, like a lot of smaller fish, but there's been a couple of them metre-type size fish and then 80 to 90 centimetre size. It's been really consistent. Um, it seems to be the tide change is the key as well, and kind of fishing a lot of them areas where they tend to be con congregating is around uh, kind of like the runway area, the mouth of the Georges and the mouth of the Cooks River. They've probably been the hot three spots. Um, but they have been showing up in weird spots as well. There have been a few caught up the artificial reef as well too. That's been another nice little area as well. Um, but it's been really good, really consistent, the bay itself. Things have been a little bit quiet. The bay is a bit dirty, actually. There's a bit of colour in it. Um, but the main, kind of towards Bear Island and Watts Reef has been a little bit better for the kings. It's been a little bit more consistent through that area. Um, and still plenty of trevally around and flathead and just bread and butter stuff. Like, it's been excellent as well. Um, but the Georges have been a little bit quiet. But as we've had their rain top of top-ups and it's kind of keep it fairly consistent and dirty. So kind of like from picnic point, kind of downstream has been fishing best. 
Um, so if you are going to head out in the river itself, I'd probably head around that type of area. Um, the harbour's still been the place for kingfish. It's been so consistent. It's just ridiculous how many kings are in that system at the moment. Um, again, it's been all over the place, but particularly Middle Harbour this year has been really good. It's probably been probably the most consistent, but the main body has been really good all around Kirribilli and Taronga Park Zoo. And, of course, all the wharves have been fishing really well. Charter Bay has been fantastic. Um, but plenty of kings. Again, it's the usual type of thing. If you, if you really want to get them, live baits have been the key, and particularly that early morning. But you also get plenty on lures as well, too. They've been, they've been very aggressive. Um, flooded have been great in, in the harbour as well, too. All up around Rose Bay, all the drift areas have been great and also up towards Manly as well has been excellent and there's been a, a few Taylor and kind of salmon schools showing up as well too so that's been good fun for the boat anglers um, and the para's been great there's been some really good brim getting caught up in the para um, and even up in Lane Cove and Iron Cove and that whole area's been fishing really really well for particular big brim like in that 40 centimetre size and um, there's still plenty of school jewfish as well too um, there's been plenty of little jewfish in that system um, hacking's been really good too but it's been super busy um, um, but probably now is the time to fish. Um, it's all been about the whiting in there. The whiting have been really good, and it's been similar to the beaches. You, you want to be getting in there in late evening um, or even into the night to fish from where it's a little bit quiet. Um, they tend to, tend to bite a little bit better in there. Um, but again, probably get better as, as we get back to normality as well. Um, but the kingfish have also been up in towards Yowie Bay, towards the back of it, and also around the boat moorings as well too. Um, and plenty of squid out the front as well too. If you want to get a feed of squid, there's been plenty around Cronulla and kind of that Bundina headland as well. Um, and same as the Hawkesbury too. It, it's been the best for the big jewfish. There's been some absolute truders getting caught out of there. Um, some of the fish have been you know, up in, in that kind of low one metre mark, you know, 1.2 metre mark, some absolute donkey fish. Um, but it's also been a mixed bag for stuff like, you know, your brims, bladders and stuff like that as well too. It's been quite consistent. Um, and same as the Bassine as well too. Bassine's been good. Although it's been quite dirty. The Peen's still been good. The Georges. Um, and early morning's been really nice as well too. It's been a really good option as well too. Or obviously late after work as well too has been the other hot spot. Um, so yeah, it's been really good guys. Sounds good. Great week of reports. Okay, thanks Mike. 938 Woodville Road of Granville just down from not Granville. Villawood. Villawood. Close. Close up the road. Villawood. Yeah. I thought I might just clarify something there when you said the, um, the d- dolphin fishing, but it's for the fish. Not dolphin <laughs> fish, not, not dolphin. Not the mammal, because we do know we have people that listen in that are actually anti-fishing. Yes. And they listen to this show. Yes. But, uh, Some dolphin, people ring up say you shouldn't eat fish. <clears throat> dolphin fish are very sustainable. Now, they grow about 50 uh, millimetres uh, in a week. Wow. Yeah. Which means by the end of the year, you've got a 20 kilo fish. Yeah, 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 so yeah, exactly, exactly. Very, very sustainable fishery. Nine thirty-eight Woodville Road, Villawood, third floor in the Dimmicks Building, and George Street in the city. We'll do, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mike. Okay, bye. Here, yeah, Grant, you're still there. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a ball. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. You're just taking it easy. That's you're doing a Kieran. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's sort of weird sitting on the other side because there is a you know fraction of a delay, so you don't want to jump in and, and chop people off. And this morning's been really interesting uh, listening to all uh, you know um, all the various things that are, the uh, conversation that have come up. It's been quite entertaining from this end. That's good. I've had a couple of people ring up and say I shouldn't talk about fish because we shouldn't be catching fish and eating them. Actually, it was one person three times Sustainability, people. (laughs) Hop on Google and type in the word definition of sustainability. Yes, that's right. And they're healthy to eat, too. That's a good thing. Mm. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. oh. we'll take a break and come back with the Honourable Melinda Pavey. 131269 Talking Sport. This is 2SM. 20 years ago, we started Talking Sport. Suppose we've got to stay happy New Year, be coming to get sick here and there. Yet in time, it was clear that what you love would dominate the hours of air we occupy five days a week. Welcome back. I'm sitting in the shed celebrating a birthday, not mine, but your 21st. So how good's that? Excellent. Yeah, no, the afternoon's not the same when you aren't here, that's for sure. You will still receive the passion we have for our games and your calls and those texts. Boys, great to have you back where it's like being with your mates at the pub without leaving the house. <laughs> Can I get that? Well, you took your sweet time getting back. I mean, five weeks oh. is one-tenth of a year. Has that ever occurred to you? That's okay, mate. The most important thing is, thank God you're back. Happy New Year. 21 years on, it's great to be back. Talking Sport. Weekdays from three. What happens when you turn up every dial on tomorrow's SUV? When the power of imagination merges technology and performance. When you take an SUV and give it a sleek, sporty design. A trim that takes it up a notch. And now with Blue Link connectivity with your compatible device. Hyundai Tucson N-Line. Tomorrow's SUV taken to the next level. Blue Link T's and C's apply. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom today. Imagine that, Hyundai. If you need help with repairs or maintenance to your strata unit or your commercial building, Network Construction Services could save you a hell of a lot of time and, believe me, a lot of money as well. You might want assistance with things like waterproofing or concrete cancer repairs, which can be a curse. You can find out more by going to networkconstructionservices.com.au or, better still, you can talk to Steve on the telephone if you want to. 9808-5673. Got it? 9808 Five, six, seven... Hi, I'm Patrick Dangerfield. How good is getting out on the water? But what if something happens to your boat or jet ski? You want to know that you can count on your insurance. That's why I choose Club Marine. Boat insurance by people who know boats. Club Marine is Australia's largest provider of boat insurance with more than 50 years experience. So if you're looking for flexible cover options, exclusive member benefits and fantastic claim service, look no further. Get a quote at clubmarine.com.au and discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Cheap available at clubmarine.com.au. Read the PDS to see if this There is no better venue for weddings in Western Sydney than Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. With a beautifully appointed clubhouse overlooking their picturesque 18th green, Twin Creeks can turn your get-together, party or celebration into a memorable special occasion. Do yourself a favour and find out about having your wedding or other group function at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks Friendly Function Staff on 9670 8888. This is Radio 2SM. This is Radio 2SM. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network... This is High Tide. It is 19 minutes after 6 in Sydney, 19 minutes after 5 in Brisbane and 5.49 in Broken Hill. The forecast at the moment for Danger Point offshore, variable 10 knots becoming south to southwesterly, 10 to 15 knots in the early morning, then turning southeasterly later on in the morning. Should get up over around 20 knots offshore late in the evening. Seas about 1 to 1.5 metres, 70% chance of a rain. That's up around Melinda Page. Way. Yeah. Back again, don't worry. It's just um, having trouble getting the Honourable Melinda Pavey online, but she's there now. Well, Morning, Mel. Can I ask a question? Oh, yes. Go and ask a question. Hang on, Mel. 
Yes, Grant, what's the question? Were you having trouble getting Melinda or were you doing a, a grant and forgetting to do it during the commercial break and then panic when you heard the play on? No, 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 no. I was ringing and it came up that, you know, this number's not connected and I knew it was, so I just got my phone out and checked the key and wrote oh. down the right number. I wrote down the right oh, number. Oh, okay. That's all. Good, good morning, Mel. How are you? How was your Australia day? Uh, it was great. We were on patrol. We were on patrol, but um, it was the coolest place to be, um, but it was the windiest as well. Um, and we also had, you know, because we've got the um, the drone on our beach during patrol, and um, we had a little bull shark come to visit, but he was a bit way out, so we didn't close the beach, and anyone that was swimming was only swimming about, you know, 10 metres out anyway, because it was so windy. But, um, yeah, just listening before to... to uh, you know the, the grey nurse sharks and and the sharks down there eating all Laurie's fish. I mean, there are sharks everywhere, and there always has been, and um, there always will be. That's good. Now, how's how's your son getting on? Because he's up at Townsville in the army, isn't he? Yeah, we spoke to him um, during the the eye of the cyclone um, when it was really quiet, and um, he was out. There was no electricity, so his whole area, you know been cut out uh, and he said look mum I can't talk for very long because I've got to save my phone because I don't know when the electricity is going to come back on um, but anyway another 48 hours later he's wrong and the electricity is still out at his home and you can tell by his voice he's just getting crankier and crankier because <laughs> if the electricity's out that means you know a couple of things all the food in the fridge and the freezer that he's prepared is now wasted so he said I've wasted $200 and then the other thing I think which is the worst part there's no air conditioning so I think he's gone a couple of nights with his um, his colleagues and his roommates and they haven't had any sleep. So they find themselves out in the swimming pool at 2 o'clock trying to cool <laughs> off. How did people survive before we had air conditioning? Well, I didn't sort of want to say that but um, because he was already testy enough. Um, but then I thought to myself, why, how did they? And I think part of the issue is there's just no wind. Um, and he did say that there's no breeze. I mean, we can always deal with heat as long as we've got a breeze and we've got a fan above us. Um, but there's none of that. It's just still and it's sticky and there's no electricity. Most of Townsville's okay, um, but the, the part of Townsville that he's in, just underneath the, that mountain there or that hill. Um, Castle Rock, the, yeah. Castle. Yeah, and even that big shopping centre, it's out as well. So they're yeah. working on the old generators. But... Uh, from what it could have been to what it was, um, it's often, isn't it? You you really prepare for something, and it's uh, a bit of an anticlimax. Um, but they've got through it all right, apart from the electricity and the heat and the stickiness. But well, they've got a pool. That's good. Well, I'm a bit older than you, but when I went to school, there was no air conditioning. You had to open no. the windows. Because I, I haven't got any air conditioning. Yeah, you are a lot older than me, Alan, but there was no air conditioning <laughs> in my school either. <laughs> Yeah. Go on, Pete. I'd say where I live in Port Douglas, we, we, we don't have any air conditioning uh, there, but we we're up on the hill a little bit and we always uh, get a little bit breeze. of breeze. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> now, like, living in the tropics, we always have a little generator on standby, mm -hmm. just enough to run the fridge or you know, keep the beer cold, that sort of thing, yeah, well, so, so you can survive. Even where I am in the Hawkesbury, because we're a fair way away from everything on the river, um, we used to get power outages all the time. And I got in trouble with Anne when we bought the house oh, 25 years ago. We were doing it on a budget and we were doing that. And the first 
thing I did was went out and spent two and a half thousand dollars on a generator. You've been up to it. You've been up. <laughs> yeah. And she said, what are you wasting money on that for? I said, well, I think we might need it. And within moving into the house within 24 hours, the power went out for 48 hours. <laughs> we yeah. never brought that subject up again. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that, that happened in this part, that, well, that part of the world. I was going to say yeah. this part. But um, I feel for them. Yes. Because there's a lot of people there, and I particularly feel sorry for the older people that are That's in right. probably a worse position. Yeah. Where is he having near Northward somewhere, is he, Mel? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually just, you know, at, at that Castle Rock, he's just at the bottom of that. Yes. Um, so if you go at the back of his yard, you can, you know, directly walk up there. Um, oh, that's, a good, that's a good walk, and I see people running up there sometimes, they just shake my head. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I tell you what, it's, um, I, you know, if you've lived at Port Douglas, Pete, there's no, no sympathy for the rest of us, but I, we were in, we had 36 degrees two days ago, and it was just awful. Like, you know, we had to actually have our air conditioning on for the day. Uh, and through the night it was hot, it didn't cool down. But, like, yesterday, um, it's just bliss. It's about 24, 25 degrees and a bit rainy and, you know. But when, it, when it's that stifling, stinking heat, it, um, it does knock everybody about. I didn't know what you mean. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I guess more of the question really is, why has the power been off for so long? Um, when I'd done my apprenticeship, I'd done it for the Sydney County Council, which was an electrical supply um, company at the time. And then it went over to private enterprise. Now, I know how much uh, stock in the way of power poles and wire and transformers that the County Council in Sydney used to have. And... Is if it's all been handed over to private enterprise and more um, run as a profit-making business, uh, I just wonder sometimes if they have the equipment on standby. Well, Queensland, they didn't sell. Oh, no. But Queensland doesn't seem to be as prepared for the national or natural disasters, yet they have more of them. Is that a failure of government or successive governments up there? I don't know. Look, are you just, you know easy to, to sit back and point fingers but uh, you know it'll come out up in Townsville why that you know, yeah. But I'm not, picking, I'm not picking on the current government or the one before. I'm just saying successive governments type of thing. You think they'd be better prepared for these type of natural disasters, plus being in the tropics, that the weather is uh, more unfriendly, put it that way. Yeah, well, I, true. And I think you put you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Everyone's just got to have a little jenny. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I actually wired my house, Mel, that... Uh, when the power goes off, I just flick a couple of switches, start the generator, and even when the power comes back on, then I've only got to stop the generator and flick the switches back, so it doesn't interfere. I guess there's the other way of looking at it too, solar. The long longer battery banks, uh, that would run a fridge for quite some significant yeah. amount of time if you didn't, yeah. uh, didn't run it too hard, yeah. just a thought. And it's amazing how much energy you even get through solar when it's yeah. cloudy and raining. See, I'm on, tank, I'm, on, I'm on tank water and also septic, so I've got a pump. Same water same. pump series. So you've got to have electricity <laughs> to same, operate same. those things. Yeah. So, oh, well. Now, you've seen uh, plenty of kids fishing up there over the holidays? Oh, I tell you what. It's so glorious. They're just having a ball. They're with their mums and their dads. And you can actually see the real quality time that they're having with them. Um, and having had my children leave home, I'm very attuned to watching parents with their children. Um, and everyone's got their little Shimano gear on. And I think to myself... I'm sure they're just, you know, you know, they're given, you know, ten tops away with every fishing rod or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, you know, Shimano gear everywhere, and the kid, you know, and it's also good from the flip flop slap perspective, uh, and the skin cancer and stuff. So it's just really good to see the marketing of Shimano 
and, and the kids enjoying the free tops and, um, you know, the skin cancer and just, you know, families out there having a great time. And, you know, whether it's on the Urunga Boardwalk or the Coffs Harbour, you know, Jetty where I went yesterday, just quality time with kids having fun. Um, it, it's just so good to see. And the kids don't, size, don't care what size fish they catch. As long as they catch a fish... You can let it go. Do it. The look on their face when they catch their first fish is spectacular. And that is the unwritten value of fishing. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, and I went to the co-op yesterday at Coffs Harbour. I, I picked up two bits of fresh fish, a bit of swordfish and a bit of uh, marlin, and I cooked it on the barbecue. But in that, you know, when you wrap it up in the, the baking paper and the foil and you sort of steam it on the barbie, Mm-hmm. Uh, with a few olives and a couple of bits of tomato and some capsicum, but uh, the swordfish was by far the most delicious bit of fish. And I also got through, um, six green kinis, which we put on the barbecue, and I sort of coated in garlic. So that's the extent of my fishing this week. Yeah, okay. That's all right. I think we've got to ban people talking about cooking because I, I, I get hungry here, Alan. I've happened had breakfast. It always yet. happens during this show. <laughs> I've been trying, Pete. It's, oh, it's falling on deaf ears, my friend. <laughs> yeah, hang on. You haven't had any teeth to eat anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm fine now. I bet you've got the Weber hanging off the back of the boat right now cooking something up. <laughs> and after I watched I think the... After I watched the tennis last night and that beautiful Belarusian girl beat the Chinese girl, I, we finished watching that series, The Boy That Swallowed the Universe. You know the Australian series that yes. everyone's talking about, written by Tread Dalton? You'll be happy to know um, that there was a lot of fishing in that. Um, you had Brian Brown catching flathead off a, a jetty up at um, Brisbane, and it was a really good Australian show, really great music and really great fishing. There you go. I seen that on Netflix last night, and I flicked past it. I'll oh, go back. No. I'll go back. Go to back it. and have a look at it. Hmm. There you go, Brian yeah, Brown. It, it, remind, it takes you back to the eighties. So really good music. Um, some of the uh, the old police corruption issues up in Queensland at the time, um, and it, it's sort of it's it's a really nice story of a beautiful family doing it tough that sort of find their way through the other end. Oh, there you go. I'll be checking that one out. There's lots of things happening in Queensland, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Queensland in the 80s. <laughs> Joe Bielke-Peterson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, say what you like don't about you Joe. Worry. He was a Queenslander. Just don't you worry about it. Don't, don't you worry about it. But he was dead set of Queenslander first, second and third, which was good. Have some pumpkin scones and move on. That's it. <laughs> with, a of, with a bit of Dutch thrown in. Yeah, actually, if you land at Kingaroy Airport, I've been in there, it's a very nice little terminal that was made for someone in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Doesn't get used very much nowadays, but... but Mel, thank okay. you very much for your time this morning. Look forward to catching up in the next week. All right. And I hope, to, oh, okay. I, hope, I hope the power goes on soon. In Townsville. In, yeah, in Townsville, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah. Send him up a generator. Oh, that might be next year's Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Bye. Uh, Melinda Pavey, she's good. Well, you better take a break. Listen to High Tide and Super Network. Treat your taste buds with irresistible chocolates from the Byron Bay Chocolate Company. Oh, can I have one too? Yes, here's a moon macadamia. Mmm, thanks. Oh, yum. Australia's finest chocolate-coated fruit and nuts, locally sourced and imported from our perfect growing climate of the Byron Bay region and our beautiful hinterland. It's the little family company, big in chocolate, supplying the world. Can I have another? Here, chocolate macadamia. Look out for the Byron Bay Chocolate Company at Quality Independent Outlets. 
Easy Mortgages offers flexible home loans to suit whatever stage you're at. Whether you're buying a home, investing, renovating or refinancing, they'll help you compare and save. Easy Mortgages lends quickly and easily, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Visit the website, key in your details and get an answer within 24 hours. Go to easymortgages.com.au or call 1300-003-003. Australian Credit Licence Number 535100. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9. Kia's all-electric seven-seat SUV. With an integrated panoramic display and premium relaxation mode, the Kia EV9 provides you with all the best luxury and comfort features. Book a test drive and experience the most groundbreaking Kia ever. Kia. Movement that inspires. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1-800-805-366 or go to view.org.au. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a POW Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. POW guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to POW, that's P-W-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. For those high-rise and difficult access painting jobs, Skyhook Painting is the answer. Instead of using costly and unsightly scaffolding, Skyhook's expert tradesmen will abseil down your building, preparing and painting the surface as they go. So if you've got a high-rise or difficult access painting job, get in touch with Skyhook Painting. Go to skyhookpainting.com.au or phone 0449 849 949. This is... Radio 2SM. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network. This is High Tide. It certainly is probably brought to you by Shimano tomorrow's tackle today and Blake's Marine and you should head out to Blake's Marine where every day is a boat show and if you head out there and you can't afford to buy a new boat, my tip for you is start a pump repair business and give Alan Blake a call. He's got that many of them you can retire. <laughs> yes, that's not a problem. We're not open today, but before five double seven double six double nine, Monday to Saturday, eight till five during the week, eight till four on the Saturday, that's it. After the Monday to Friday. Now, we were talking with Peter before about, you know, if you're going to go up north and take your boat up there and trailering it. And it, it brings up a, a decent point. If you're going to do a lot of trailering on your boat and you're ordering a boat, specify load shear suspension on your trailer. Because majority of trailers, if you've got a bogey trailer, and bogey I mean four wheels, there's two sets of two. So most of them are what they call eye slipper springs. So there's an eye at the front. 
comes down to the axle and then it's into a slipper arrangement that's rubs in the bottom of the trailer. And then the second spring does the same thing. That's fine when the trailer is perfectly balanced and running dead flat. But when you hit a bump first off, it takes a load on the front tyre. It doesn't share the load. With a load share, they've got eyelets on both sides and there's a rocker arm in between the two springs that comes down a bit and it actually shares the load between the front and the back axles. So if you're going to go long distance, it is much better for towing and less chance of blowing tyres with a load shear suspension than what there is with a sl- an ice slipper system. But they are more expensive. But, yeah, if you're ordering a boat, order it with uh, load that, shear. That would also take less load off the... Um so take more load off the actual towing eye as well. That's right. It does, yeah. you get, it's much better balanced. And even when you're climbing up over a gutter or moving over something like that, you'll see it balance it out. It doesn't do as much damage to anything type of thing. So load shear suspension is a much better way to go. But as I said, it is dearer. So you've got to specify that when you're ordering or ask the question about it, how much extra it is. So what size boat would I need to go to, to a dual axle or a, a bogey axle system? What's the weight? Uh, once you get over about fourteen to 1,500 kilos, some of the American stuff has bigger tyres and bigger wheels and bigger bearings because your bearing load is what, what donates what it'll carry. That's why the Ford bearings carry more load than the Holden because the uh, the bearing sizes are actually larger than what the, the Holden are, the Ford. So after about 1,500 kilos, 1,600 kilos, you're starting to torque dual axle. And when you break 2,000 kilos load capacity, you've got to have breakaway protection, which means if the trailer becomes disconnected from the car for any reason, the brakes activate and locks up and it's got to hold it for 15 minutes. So if you're towing a boat and something happens, it breaks away or one of these idiots have undone your coupling or something like that, it breaks away, pulls the switch, activates the brakes, and the trailer pulls up. It's not running down the road trying to hit someone. Deadlock brake system. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what about... Um I just lost my train of thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was going to say, um, the seals on, on bearings um, these days, it, my train of thought used to be, when the seals weren't so good, I'd, I'd back down until the axle was just above the waterline, push the boat off, and then when you wind it on, just wind as hard yeah. as you can and build yeah. up the biceps. Look, the different seals for automotive use is what there is for marine, and the, the standard one's just a single-lip seal just a metal frame and it sits in that they're not really good for boat trials because you you're going to put it in the water you get a double lip seal and what it goes goes in a little stainless cup that you actually put the cup in first so you pack your bearing put your bearing in then you tap this this uh, metal piece is formed and the seal sits on the axle and it's got three lips on it so you grease that up so the axle's spinning on the outside of the bearing but you can also seal the back so you don't want any rust on the axle whether it's square or round and it's, it's always round where it comes in just onto the, the seal and you put a bit of sicker or something like that to seal it up you can also get ones that run in a fluid like an automatic transmission fluid and they're the best and uh, they've got a little sight gauge in them and keep an eye on it because if it gets water it'll go pinkish colour so as long as it's red it's fine I'm glad Peter asked that question because growing up, if I was backing our trailer in Dad's boat into the water and I got the axle wet, he'd smack me in for tomorrow. Well, and in... I see guys go down to boat ramps and just put all the way into the bumper bar. Yeah, go, we, oh, we get lazy. Years ago, they were all uh, tilt trailers. Yeah. You used to have an yeah. arm that you'd push and, and it'd break it in the middle and, and pivot up to get it on and off. Well, the trailers have changed nowadays. Those day, ones in those days used to have a little bracket out the back with a light on it. You used to undo it, lift up, turn it around the other way. Now it's all waterproof LED lights. But if you said to someone, I could use a brake trailer and do all this, they'd go, oh. 
they, they wouldn't have it. But the boats roll on and off much easier now. But if you've got the right bearings on there, and when you're checking your wheel bearings, uh, a simple way to check them, uh, besides just grabbing the tire and see if it rattles at all, if you travel 10, 20, 50, 100 kilometres to your boat ramp, and um, when you stop to check, just put your hand on the tyres, feel the temperature of the tyres. The centre hub of the axle should be no hotter than what the tyres are. If it's hotter than what the tyres are, there's friction being generated, you've got a problem starting up. So you need to have a look at your wheel bearings. Yeah, and at that stage, you want to think about jacking it up, give it a turn, and if it um, sounds like 14 rusty ring spares, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can hear boats come in sometimes for service, and I say to Brad, you better get them and check their wheel bearings. Yeah. You know there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And, you know, people, if you read the um, owner's manual and warranties, wheel bearings are only good for six months as far as warranty because they're a consumable item. You figure, well, you tell your boat for four or five hundred kilometres, that's getting a lot of heat into it, mm. okay? And then you say, oh, well, let's put the boat straight in the water. And it quenches when it gets in the water, so it's trying to suck the, suck the moisture, moisture in it. Yep. So they're not a good environment. Is that right, Mr Boyden? Absolutely. Well, according to my dad, it was. I used to get into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> all thing, sorts of trouble. The other thing, of course, is where the, where the uh, springs compact, where the year bolts are. If you find it's, uh, that's packed in really tight, then you see it starting to have gaps in between where the springs are rusting. That's right. That's the next issue. Yeah, and the metal's not as good as what it used to be. The same with galvanising on a trailer. They've taken the nasties out, which is great for the environment, but the trailers don't last as long as what they used to. What about aluminium trailers? Aluminium trailers are good, but you've got to remember aluminium, you know, work hardens over a period of time. So it becomes brittle. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I get a person who says, oh, i got this 30-year-old boat. It's like brand new. I want to put more horsepower than what it's designed for. No. They, they do work hard and they'll crack over a period of time. Aluminium trailers are lighter, easy to tow, but the downsides are you've got to keep an eye on them. And they're not pure aluminium because there's aluminium that has steel cross frames on them and steel members everywhere type of thing. Mm. So, And then you have stainless steel for the bolts and all that sort of stuff. So it creates another set of problems. It's the old electric brakes on... Uh, on boat trailers cause their own problems. You can get a, a flush system for them because you do need to flush them if you've got electric brakes. I didn't know that one. Yes. <laughs> so you learn something yeah. every day on high tide. There you go. Okay, we'll take a break, Mr. High Tide and Super Network. 2SM has Sydney talking. You used to be paying $600 a quarter for electricity, now they're paying $1,200. At the bottom line, when you line up at the checkout, what you are living on, that's where it's still really hurting us. Small minorities are getting in there who have an agenda to push because we are quiet, and when I say we, I mean the majority, then we have to accept it. The minority blokes are out there jumping up and down in the streets. That's why they're getting things through that shouldn't be getting through. Summer mornings with Dave Cochran. It's never been more important to buy Australian than right now. Our local manufacturers and growers produce world-class products known for their quality, safety and reliability. All while generating local jobs, supporting our communities and helping Australian families now and into the future. So look for the trusted green and gold kangaroo logo. Buy Australian now. Visit australianmade.com.au You'll see more of Australia in less time when you travel by plane with Outback by Air. In a fraction of the time it would take you by road, Outback by Air will fly you to destinations you'll never forget and you'll probably never see again. 
What you will cover in a week on Outback by Air, all-inclusive tour, would take you up to a month or more to do in a motor car. Check the packages and destinations available at outbackbyair.com.au or you can phone 1300 310 503. Today I'm talking to Tracy, who is one of Arbor Vitae's many happy customers. Hi, Tracy. Hello, Lee. When did you start taking Arbor Vitae and what for? I'm a cake maker by trade and suffered with sore hands for years, which is a common issue for my fellow bakers. They know how debilitating it is. A friend suggested I tried Arbor Vitae and I can't believe how well it's worked for me. What benefits have you noticed from Arbor Vitae? It was after my second bottle that I noticed the difference. My pain has all but disappeared. It's like a magic potion. I'm able to work with no pain. No stretch of the truth. It's worked so well for me. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thank you for your time, Tracy. Arbor Vitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arbor Vitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Visit arborvitae.com.au. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Nothing says Aussie summer like an ice-cold Bundaberg ginger beer. Coupled with backyard barbecues, sunshine and your mates. Bundaberg ginger beer is a true blue brew. A quintessential classic. Craft brewed over three days using real Aussie ginger. And a traditional family recipe which has been perfected over four generations. Treat yourself this summer to the great Australian brew. Bundaberg ginger beer. Sports Talk, 2SM 1269. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network, this is High Tide. It is 15 minutes away from the top of the hour. The forecast for offshore for the uh, for the Gold Coast. It looks this way, east to south, easterly 10 to 15 knots, increasing 15 to 20 knots in the middle of the day and easing back to 10 to 15 knots by evening offshore. The uh, winds will be north off the Gold Coast Seaway at around 10 knots, increasing uh, to 15 on the gust. Seas 1 to 1.5, decreasing to 1 metre. The small will be out of the south southeast at around 1 metre. 90% chance of rain, gentlemen. 90% chance of rain. There you go. Just trying to get uh, Birdie. Can't get him. And I still can't get Duff, Salamander, Bait and Tackle. I think they've got a problem with their phone system. Because well, it just okay. rings out. And they're there. Would you, mind if I, would you mind if I had a quick chat with Peter Sayer? Oh, it depends what you want to talk about. If it's anything to do with boat or talk. fishing, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's more to do with uh, books. Uh, Australia's Coral Sea. He's too tight to what he book, book, Peter. He wants a free book. No, 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 I've got it coming and I'll tell you why. I'm probably, I probably might end up that way, but I've seen the way the Sayer people put out photographs. You've got over 170 photographs of aerial shots and marine life in that book. And I'm I'm just wondering, how long did it take you to put this book together? I mean, you I know the obvious answer is from the age of 10 when you started, you know, scuba diving originally it's all built up to that but when you decided let's do this how long did it take hang on hang on I'll answer that for you first you've got to ask him how many cases of home brew did it take (laughs) 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 no but most of of the time out there I was operating commercially Um, Ah, so so, yeah so it's it's a fairly dry trip for me but watching everyone else have a beer was always happening Um, what happened really I started to do some um, I'll I'll go back Um, there's a place called Willis Island 
which was um, has a, a weather station on it. You can Google that one. You said on the bomb site when you look at the national weather, you see Willis yeah. Island. It's 260 miles out of Cairns, and we just bought a uh, 58 foot Randall, which we purchased in Lancelin, in Western Australia, and come around the coast and come into Cairns. And um, when we got there, there's a news headlines, um, people stranded at uh, Willis Island, can't get food out there, no water, all that sort of stuff, they're building a new weather station. So I put my hand up and said, oh, this will be no trouble, we can get out there in that. So leading on from that, I picked up some quite good contracts with the Bureau of Meteorology. I mean, I used to service um, uh, the weather stations and lighthouses uh, right around the Australian Coral Sea Island Territory. Now, I say the Coral Sea Island Territory, which is the ninth territory of Australia, um, which had never had a book written about it. So what really opened up for me was when we got hold of a drone. I was able to go around all these locations and get some dive time in and uh, photograph and put the drone up and get a picture of it. Um, prior to having the drone, I would have had to charter quite a significant aircraft to yeah. do that sort of mileage and get around and get some photos. So um, I then started to compile the book and... Um, uh, get on and we ventured out wider and wider into some areas uh, up to 600 miles offshore which is still Australian territory um, out to Mallee Shreef and uh, we spent some time out there photographing shipwrecks and looking for more shipwrecks that sort of stuff um, and we went up as far as Ashmore Reef um, out off uh, the Queensland coast, there's two Ashmore reefs, actually there's quite a few Ashmore reefs actually, but um, this is the Ash- not the Ashmore reef off Darwin where the Indonesian fishing boats come down. Yeah, that's a, So we went up to Ashmore and Butte, which is closer to um, Papua New Guinea than it is Australia. Then um, all the way down to as far south as Cato Reef, which is um, out of um, Fraser Island. I'm going to call it Fraser Island. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, so, it, so we, we compiled quite a lot of detail. And then I started to um, look into, I thought I might look up one of the wrecks and find out what it was. And I got onto Trove, which is part of the National Library. And I, I just got sidetracked into the names of all these wrecks and where they come from and where they're going to. So I decided I'd include that in the book also. So a lot of history in there um, to go along with the photos. Now, I've read the book fairly extensively, Tom, because I've travelled with you a fair bit. One of the famous quotes, and it was the skipper of the um, Queen Christina when he, when he ran aground. Yes. Can you tell the people what the quote is from the... The quote was... Um, you don't. So you know you've hit. You know you've found something of significance when you stand upon an uncharted reef with a sinking vessel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, that went ashore. I think eighteen ninety six. Yeah, it was around that date. I have to look the date up. And to that, be honest, it's a beautiful uh, just dive and swim around, and that's out at Laihu Reef. And it's only it was part of it sticking out of the water. The rest of it's only three or four metres deep. Yeah, that was that was a different one to that quote. Actually, the, yeah. it was the Thomas scene, which was off um, uh, Holmes Reef. Yes, that, that, okay. that was actually. But the Queen Christina, that's another. It was a, she was a steamer, uh, got pushed up onto um, Laihu Reef uh, during a cyclone sat there and they um, thought well what are we going to do here so the crew got together and said well let's just stick a keel onto the bottom of the of the tender and we'll sail it back to Townsville and try and find someone to come and help us and this is 310 nautical miles east of Cairns isn't it yeah and they didn't have EPIRBs radios no. <laughs> there was none of that going on so they um, got into the tender um, just about got into Townsville when a, a passing ship picked them up 
And uh, yeah, it was quite common that they would um, build a long boat or something out of the timber that was washing ashore from the shipwreck. They'd yeah. grab the, the carpenter's tools to go ashore. was a, a high priority at all that time. Uh, and that ship is now 80 metres onto the reef, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it, it, the engines poke out of the water, as does the stern post yes. and the rudder. Um, Props still on it? The propellers are still there, and the spare propeller, which was carried on deck, also yes. is still there. So, um, yeah, she's a good well, ship. That was the thing in the... In the tall ship days when they used to, when, you know, they used to do a mutiny, they'd, you know, throw the first officers overboard in their boat with the captain, they'd always keep the ship rights, always the, the shippies would stay on board the boat, absolutely it's, guaranteed. It's where the priorities lay when your life depends <laughs> on it. Um, True. Yeah. And the most famous one at all was... Um, uh, of course, Matthew Flinders, uh, when they um, run aground at Wreck Reef, and uh, he managed to get into a longboat, uh, sail it back down to Sydney, or row and sail back to Sydney, get together a uh, rescue um, mission and go back and save all the people that were stranded on um, on the cay up there. Um, that's it a, really is mind-blowing, isn't it, it to, is. to think that they did that? Yeah, no, in such a tiny boat such a tiny boat and they didn't have charts um, they had very basic maps <laughs> yeah so um, a lot of the um, a lot of the reefs out there nearly all of them were discovered by accident um, uh, even, even when Matthew Flinders ran aground there at Breck Reef he noted that there was a very old wreck there um, yeah. probably of Chinese origin and what's the other one where one of the Liberty ships ran aground and they, they use it for target practice with the F-111s? The uh, Francis Preston Blair, Blair that's uh, it. ran aground at Saumarez Reef and for some time it sat there and no one really knew it was out there to um, a, a, a gentleman by the name of um, Wally, Wally Muller went out yeah. there in the River Song, which was about a, it was about an eight metre single engine diesel boat and went out there spearfishing and doing a bit of stuff. Great fishing out there too. And they went, well, what's this thing here? And they come up and it used to have a four-inch gun on it and there was cannon shells and bombs and all sorts of stuff laying around it all. Some of it's still shiny. Yeah. And, um, of course, during the war when this thing ran aground, they kept it secret. And then someone forgot to tell everyone else it was out there after the war. So uh, the Francis Preston Blair still lays there. It's broken up a lot to what it was um, back in the 60s and 70s. Um, but uh, it's, it's a significant structure there. You can see the quadruple expansion steam yeah. engines poking out of all the rust. It was actually used for target practice, wasn't it? Yeah, the F-111s used to um, line it up and go in. And um, uh, Ben Crop and uh, uh, Ron Taylor, and that, they used to go out there fairly regular. And uh, they, were, they were asked to move at one stage so the F-111s could get a good hit out of it. Stood by close and just watched what was going on. Yeah. Look, it's just amazing to get out there. But what's the name of the book, Pete? Australia's Coral Sea Islands. It's a good, even if you're not travelling, to uh, have a yeah. coffee table book type thing to see what goes on. And you've got all the anchor spots and how to get into these places. And it's the second edition now? I mean, the second edition. I'm very proud of it, actually. And yes. if, you, if you want to buy a copy, you can go be. on to uh, Coral Sea Explorers. So all the W's, CoralSeaExplorers.com, and uh, you'll find a copy here. Fifty nine ninety five. Fifty nine ninety five. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, yeah, lot of the, uh, a lot of the good chandlery stock as well. Especially that is cheap on marine books, isn't it? That is cheap. They're usually ninety-five, a hundred, hundred and ten bucks. So that's good value. Peter doesn't mind if you want to pay that. There's no problems. Yeah, you can put some extra in there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's a good read anyway. Seeing you're travelling up there, but just the history of the thing too, and some of the quotes. I I, I was yeah. amazed when I got into it. It, it really amazed me because I've been swimming around some of these wrecks and going, oh, there's a wreck, there's a wreck. Then I read the history of it. 
Yeah. And the amount of Japanese trawlers that are up there and things like that. Oh, yeah. And the fact that on one of the reefs there, um, uh, five ships run aground in a, uh, in a uh, uh, military convoy in one day. <laughs> <laughs> follow the leader. They all followed each other straight into the reef. <laughs> Oh dear. Pete, look, thank you very much for coming in. It's much appreciated. Your knowledge is, is amazing and uh, you're quite happy to pass it on. Thank you for that, Alan. That's right. Yeah. So you learned anything, Grant? A lot. Uh, and, that's, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't mean to try and embarrass you, Pete, by bringing that up. Uh, but the book, I just think, as Alan says, it's a great coffee table book. Even if you're not thinking of ending up there, if you're not a diver, it's worth, worth having. And I, I just think you deserved a really big pat on the back for that. It's, uh, Some of these um, islands and caves up there, when you get out there, they've got books you can fill in your name and details on it from the national parks, but it might see 10 or 20 boats a year. That's it. Well, the last one was yep. about 10 boats in 10 years or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some very rare places. There's even places that haven't even got those books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the places on the book, if you can correctly number the amount of birds, Peter will give you a free trip on the on the Phoenix. That's correct. And there's another cay out there. <laughs> if you can correctly get the number of birds, you'll get a free outboard motor from Blake's Marine. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've left some funny notes out there at different times. <laughs> and Peter actually had some people contact him to tell him how many birds are on the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Oh, that's it. good fun. Well, look, thank you very much. Uh, it's time for us to go. Grant hasn't played the outro, but that's all right. That's no problems. But uh, we'll have Kieran back next weekend, and I uh, look forward to your company. As Kieran says, uh, keep your eye on the sky and safe boating, everyone. Thanks for listening. You got anything to say, Grant? No? Yeah, everybody have a great one. It looks like a really good day out there. A little bit of cloud about, so there might be the chance of a shower. But uh, if that doesn't come, either way, you should enjoy your fishing. Have a great week, everyone. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week here on High Tide when we come back and we do it all again. Hopefully, <laughs> if, if the Lord wants us to be that way, it'll happen. Now, Kieran's in the, in the studio next weekend, so we'll be back to a bit of fun again. Thanks for listening, everyone. 2SM Super Network News. Over 700 young offenders were in prison each day on average last year, with that figure putting a hefty $855 million economic burden on taxpayers. There is now only one other person running against Donald Trump for the Republican presidential nomination after Ron DeSantis called it quits. The Florida governor confirmed he was suspending his presidential nomination campaign and would endorse the former president. Immediate. Independent. Kim Williams has been announced as the new chair of the ABC. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has confirmed the former head of News Limited and ex-AFL commissioner will take over from Ida Buttrose in March. Sydney, Canberra and regional Australia. The government is reassessing the stage three tax cut breakdown. The Greens want them scrapped altogether. On the grounds they will disproportionately benefit high income earners. 2SM Super Network News. Finance Easy understands that recent times may have been uncertain for business owners and they'll make it simple to get you finance at competitive rates. Finance Easy takes the hassle out of borrowing money, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. No more meetings with bank managers, no reams of paperwork, just a few clicks on the website. Visit financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian credit licence number 392-182. Summer is here and you want your car air conditioning working at its best. 